Welcome to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. Subscribe to this podcast or visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and for more information on this ministry at www.ihconvention.com. Today's sermon comes from Rev. Darren Foreman, pastor of the Bible Methodist Church in Port Clinton, Ohio. As you listen today, I know your heart will be challenged as he preaches a message entitled, It's Our Turn. The runners are in the starting box. They are poised for the starting gun. The gun sounds, and off they go, and they begin their leg of the race. Further down on the track is another set of runners that are getting ready to take the baton and run their leg of the race. The first runners near the time of the exchange, and the second runners begin to take off, and that baton is passed. Finally, from the first runner to the second runner to the third, finally it gets to the set of runners, and they are positioned and ready. They're always the fastest. They're always the ones that are to bring it home. They're running the anchor leg of the race. They are, they are the ones to take it to the finish line. They finally, the baton reaches them, and they run as if there is no tomorrow. This is it. They must win. They must carry the baton across the finish line. This is exactly what is happening in Hebrews chapter 11 and the beginning of chapter 12. The writer has given a list of the Hall of Fame runners in chapter 11, and they have finished their course. They have run their race. And at the end of the passage and on to 12, he turns to those in the present and says, Here, it is your turn to run this race. Listen to the words. And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith, received not the promise. They heard well done. God having provided some better thing for us, that's us right here, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lead every sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of God, at the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. There it is. There is the exchange. Therefore, we also have been chosen. We here today, myself included, have been chosen to run the anchor leg of this Christian race. We are in a race today. And by faith, we are to take it across the finish line. It is now our turn. The story of the gospel is still being written today. 
I, I have always been amazed of how the book of Acts just ends almost abruptly, almost like in the air without, like, finish the story, finish the story about Paul, finish the story. And then I realized one day, I'm the one who is helping to finish that story. We are the ones who are taking up the pen. We are the ones who are writing as if we are, we are writing even the Bible as we speak even today. We are writing with our lives. We are writing with the way that we are running. When I realized that, that gave me a sense of, wow, I'm in the Bible too. In fact, we are in the faith chapter. It says, they without us are not perfect. So you're in there. What will be written about us? What, what will they write about my leg of the race? What will they write about your leg of the race? What, what is going to be written? What if it was up to you personally? What kind of ending would the Bible have? What kind of ending would we put on the book of Acts? where they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and under the anointing of God went everywhere, tearing the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Then all of a sudden it ends. What about me? What am I going to do with the baton of God's grace? What are you going to do with the baton that has been handed to you? It's our turn. It's our turn. We have been called by the Holy Spirit of God to be faithful in our generation. We have been called to go all the way with God. We have been called to not get discouraged, not get sidetracked and lay it down and not finish our race. No, we have been called to this noble task to join them who have already ran their part, who have already been off the track. We have been called by God. And their testimony is in verse 16, that they please God. They heard, well done. You did your part. That's what I want to hear. I can't get away from this. It's our turn. We're on the track. We're the last, really, this is the last dispensation. We are the last runners. We are to bring this thing home. We are to make it to the finish line. We are to run with all of our heart. It's so important and encouraging for us to know here. One day I realize we're running the same track as those who have gone on before us. I thought, Brother Matt, I thought, I'm running shoulder to shoulder with Abraham. I'm running shoulder to shoulder with Enoch and Noah and Paul. And then the church fathers and then those who have passed on recently in our, in our ranks. I'm running shoulder to shoulder. I'm running down the same track. That's encouraging. We're not out here just running in any direction. We're on the same track. We're in the same line. It's the same faith. It's the same faith. But now it has been revealed to us in more of a powerful way. 
We should even be running better with this faith. We should be grasping this faith with all of our heart because He has given us the revelation of His gospel, full gospel. It's the same faith. It's the same God. That's encouraging. The God of Abraham is my God. The God of Jacob is my God. The God of David is my God. He's your God. It's not some God. It's the God of the ages. Oh, I wish we could get a grab, grip, grip on that today. I wish we could grasp that. We're not running alone. We're not running be, beside someone who is weak. But the God of the ages, who have run with everyone before us, has running with us today. It's the same God. It's the same prize. It's the same prize. It's here and well done. It's here and you've done a good job. It's the finish line. It's our turn. It's encouraging to see some road signs along the track. First road sign I see in this passage of Scripture, this road sign along this track of God's grace and God's holiness is this race is winnable. Yeah, that's the one first posted. Because everybody wants to be a winner. There's not a person in here, if you would be real honest, you want to be a loser. You may say it, but you don't believe it. I win even when I lose. Because I want to be a winner. And I don't mean just in, a, in, in just a way that is trite. I want to be a winner with God. We got, we, young people, you have to know this race is winnable. You're not on a failed mission. You're not in just something you have to struggle along. But you can win it. Read chapter 11 of all those who have gone before. They won the race. They stumbled a few times. And oh my, sometimes it leaves a scratch in our head. God, but thank God for God's grace. But they won. And then the writer says, if, if that's not enough, look to Jesus. He finished the course. He said, I've come to do your will, O oh God. And he won. We just celebrated that a couple of days ago. He rose from the grave victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And that's the God you serve. And that's the God that's with us. We can win. Don't you think for a moment I'd be pastoring if I thought this is just a failing mission. I'd close shop the next day and I'd tell my people that. I'm not in it to punch the time clock. I'm not in it just to waste my time of hot breath on a Sunday morning. I'm in there to win. And we can win. We can do it through God. That's the first road sign. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul himself, Paul himself considered Paul considered himself to be a runner as well. 1 Corinthians 9, he said, boys, he said, I don't know about you, but I'm running to win. He said, but in an earthly race, temporal race, only one wins. But in the Christian race, we can all win. I realized one day we're not competitors, we're companions. 
I realize that. That just happened on March 26th of this year at the half marathon at Philadelphia. You might have seen that on Facebook and others. There was two men who, was, who are, were triathletes and they were training together to run a marathon later. So they ran this half marathon. And 100 yards to the finish line, they both were running and a lady started to stumble and fall right here. One of the runners noticed that one didn't and the buddy just went on. But one of them stopped and picked up that lady. She didn't have strength to make it. Slipped an arm underneath hers. And then another runner who unidentified slipped up and he's helping that woman go. But old Joseph, he was out here and he was the butt. He looked over his shoulder where his other friend was. And he noticed that woman's not going to make it. He ran back to that woman and he cradled her up in, in his arms. And he started running toward that finish line. Because it just wasn't because he wanted to get across. He wanted her to finish the race too. And so you know what he did? He put her down like a step before the finish line because he wanted her to cross it by himself. That's what it's all about. I'm not competing with you. I'm your companion. We all can be winners. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the Lord for his grace and goodness. I'm not finished yet, so don't worry about it. Next road sign I see, I've went past the one that I can win, but the next sign I see is that this race is worth it. You know what? I want to know that I'm giving myself to something that's worth it. In Hebrews chapter 11, it said, the world wasn't worthy of those who had their, who were sawn asunder, those who paid the price. The world didn't even compare to the worthiness of this race. Young people, I want to look you right in the eye today and tell you this Christian race of grace and holiness and godliness and carefulness, it is worth it. It is worth it. It's God's way. Those ones before us, it said they were persuaded. They, they were convinced. And I want you to look in my eye today. I am convinced that this race is worth everything that you and I can give to it. I am convinced. This world is passing away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. That's the word. They may look at you kind of cockeyed. They may call you stupid. They may call you anything they want. But when has the world ever been right anyway? It's God's business that's in, in the lead. It's God that we should worry about. It's worth wanting. Well, we better get to that third root sign. The, the, and this sign says, not only can you win... Not only is it worth it, but you can actually live it out. You can do it. Boy, if they bumped their nose, if they bumped along, not just bumping along, but in victory, if they had to trust God day in and day out, and through God they got daily victory in, in the Hebrews chapter 11, then you know what that tells me? This is workable. This thing will work. This thing will change your life. This thing will, will make you something new in Jesus Christ. This thing works. And you can live it out. 
Some of you think, oh, I can't do it. I, I can't make it. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. You know why you can make it? Because this word says there's a winning combination. Really, this is not profound. Just you can, anybody could preach this. It's a winning combination. Number one, we have the cloud of witnesses that's in the grandstands. Said we have those who've run on before us. Really, the Bible is all about runners. Some we better take an example not to run like them. Others we better take example. We better take exhortation and run like them. But this grandstand is filled with those who have won. And it's like an arena. And, and, and they're in this, let's just use it, boy, and we're in this football game. And the runner gets the football and he breaks through the line. And the nearer he gets to the goal line, the more he hears that crowd start to, it's almost like the wave. And friends, that's what I, that's what I feel like in running this race. There's a great crowd of witnesses around us. And they're cheering us on. They're saying, run. You can do it. Then the second part of this combination is a live Jesus. It says that Jesus ran his race. But you know why? He's not in that great cloud of witnesses. Because on the third day, he rose from the dead. And the Bible tells me he's on the right hand of God and he's a polling for you. And he's a polling for me. And he's praying. He's praying that Darren Foreman can make it. Every once in a while, not more than once in a while, my mom will text me, praying for you, son. Sometimes when I'm in, you know what that's about. Pray, you know, you're getting about ready to head into Sunday. I'm praying for you. You don't know how many texts I've got this morning or this afternoon. I'm praying for you. That's a good thing. But my friends, young people, look at me. What do you think it's like? He's a praying for us. What a combination. He's right at the Father's right hand. And He's praying that you can make it. He's praying that you would get in the race. Oh, hallelujah. It's almost... Almost feel like preaching. He went all the way. He faced every hurdle that we had to face on this track. You can't run into anything on this track, but that God through Jesus Christ, who's alive, can't handle. We run into a lot of roadblocks or a lot of those hurdles. Whew. Thank God I'm not running a real race. Every hurdle I'd be flat on my face. Because this disposition can't get very high this way off the ground. But, but I'm in another race. And I face, listen, I, I, well, I can't be, that, I don't have that much time. But, you know, preachers face some things too. But I have, 
in the last three or four years probably been some of the most difficult times, in a sense, in my ministry. But in the last four years, there's been some of the greatest times as God lifted me. As I ran down the track, I was getting weary. But he helped me go over the next hurdle. And he helped me go over that next one. And he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. There's nothing that you can run into that Jesus Christ, the living runner, who still can help you through. That's two-thirds of the combination. Two-thirds of the combination is not going to be moved. The great cloud of witnesses, they're, they're done. They're dead. Yeah, they're there. Some days I wish I was there too. You know what I'm saying? Right now, well, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Before, I wish I was there. But I'm glad I'm here today, Matt, because I feel like God's given me something to say. We know the second part of that combination, you know, we don't have to worry about Jesus. He's ever present. He's always there. We don't have to worry about him. He'll stick closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Thank you for praying for me today. Got right up by the altar during that revival and said a prayer for me. I appreciated that. But you know what? That last third is the variable. Two-thirds is already decided. But that last third includes everybody in here that has breath. And that's the third. That's the reason why I go to church every Sunday morning and try to pour out my heart. That's why I try to go to the prayer room. That's why I crack the Bible, not just for, not just for messages, but to feed this soul. I'm not just some... I tell my people all the time, I'm not just someone up here just high and mighty. But I have a soul. I'm on the track too. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. I'm talking to the one-third that will make the difference of how this story ends. And this scripture does not leave us hanging like, okay then, what do we need to do? Where, what direction do I need? Man, I want to lay hold of that baton. I want to take it. What do I got to do? Well, it's pretty simple. He said, first of all, you're going to have to lay aside. You're going to have to lay some things aside. There's not one Olympic race that I have seen that the guy came out in a snowsuit. Saying, all right, boys, I'm ready. Nonsense. You know, you may laugh at that. But I know there's all, all those of us who God has helped to lay some things aside. Some of those things has been about as foolish. Young people, can I appeal to you? Get rid of everything that hinders It's not worth it. Everything that impedes your progress. It might be a personal relationship. 
It might be possessions. It might be you want to go to the top and have power. It might be a pleasure. But if it stops your progress on the track, get rid of it. Because you're going you're gonna to realize on down the track, I didn't need that. Oh, it looks so like I need it now. But friends, we don't need that. We need Jesus. Get rid of the besetting sins. Get rid of the, the things that hold you back. Even sometimes legitimate things. It says the weights that hold you down. I'm not going to get in the weights. You know, God's talking to you. Paul said, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I'm going to keep my body under. Lest after I preach, I would become disqualified. Whew, where, wow. Okay, Paul, thank you. Moses said, he said, I'd rather suffer affliction with God's people. I'd rather take the way of God, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Lay it aside. Second thing, we're, remember, we're this one-third. This is what we have to do. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the most important one. Enoch kept his eyes on God. God translated him. Abraham said, I'm searching for a builder maker who's God. Even God blessed Sarah. She judged him faithful. Moses said, I'm doing this as seeing him. But friends, we have the revelation. We have the full revelation of God. We should be able to look unto Jesus. And what does that mean? That means staying in the lane, pattering my life after him. Pattering my life after Him. Following as close as I can. Not trying to get to the outside of the lanes because you get disqualified. You have to stay in your lane. Not trying to see how close I can get there and how close. But stay in the lane. Pattern your life after Jesus. Pursue like David. As a heart pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after Thee, O God. Stay in the lane. Look to Jesus. Now this is a young people's term. Leave it all on the field. <laughs> I, had a, I had that point phrased in another message when I preached to adults. But you know what I mean by leave it all on the field? That means give it all you've got. When a coach goes in at halftime and they're behind, he gathers around the boys and says, boys, this is a championship game. And there's not going to be another. So he said, boys, let's leave it all on the field. That means let's give it all. Let's run. Let's do the best that we can do. We're going to persevere. That means we're going to pursue. We're going to persist. We're going to press. Thank the Lord. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course is what Paul... That means he's finished his leg of the race. I have kept the faith. Therefore, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, but not only to me. But can I put in here to the other third? 
to the other third that'll lay aside, that'll look unto Jesus, and it'll give it their all. Please, young people, don't be half-hearted. Don't try to live both ways. I've seen it. It's hard for me to admit this, but I've been pastor almost 26 and a half years. I know I don't look that old, but it's real. But I have seen in my tenure those who've settled the question and those who haven't. And I'm telling you from a pastor's heart, from a heart that feels like God has wanted me to tell you, don't play games. Cut loose. God is faithful, probably talking this afternoon to you. And he's put your, his finger. Go ahead, Tim. He's put his finger probably on something maybe. You just need to leave it on the field. This piece, of, this piece of PVC pipe is not very valuable in the world's eyes. I asked Dad how many years ago it was, and he said probably around 12 to 14. Our extended family took a family vacation to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and got one, rented one of those big cabins. Man, we had Ohio time. The last devotional of the last day, my dad got out in front of, well, probably 20, 25 of us. And he read that scripture. And he had cut PVC little, and that seems foolish, doesn't it? I mean, it's not very valuable. But he had taken the time to cut little pieces of PVC pipe for each of us kids and grandkids. And he went around the circle that day, Nathan, looking every one of us in the eye. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. He looked right into my children's eyes. Thank God for a grandpa like that. My dad's not too fancy. About all these points say the same thing. Knowing God, obeying God, doing God's will, and going to heaven. That all about, you know, three of those points you could put in one. But friends, this is valuable. I, I have it on my desk, in my office. I want to run. I want to take hold of the baton. But friends, there's a lot greater baton than what my dad gave me. It's the gospel. It's the Christian race. And if I could today, I, I better not jump off of this one. If I could today, I'd like to go up and down the aisles. Take it! Take it! Run! Take the baton! Run that last leg of the race! Take hold of it! Grip it in your hands and run like there isn't a tomorrow! 
Run like you're never going to ever have another chance. Young people, it's our day. That's why I pastor. If there was no hope, I'd shut the doors honestly and quit and go do something like I don't know what I can do. You think I'm joking. I'm not. I'll turn 50 years old next month. And the longer I pastor, the more passionate my heart is. I don't have years to give away. If God would help me, maybe I have 20 more. And I want those 20 to be the best years of my life. Take. Take the baton. Take the baton this afternoon. And run. Maybe you're here today and you've not even started to run on the track. Would you take the baton up today? Would you say goodbye? I'm leaving, I'm leaving the world. I'm leaving sin. I'm going to leave it behind. I've heard a higher calling. Take hold of that if you've never taken hold of it before. There may be some here that you were once running on that track. But somehow that baton has slipped out of your hand. And you're sitting beside the road. You want to get back in? The devil maybe even said you can't get back in. But friends, i got news for you. The grace of God. If you're here today and you need to get back on the track, why don't you just pick it up? Why don't you get back on the track? Why don't you get in the line today? Get on the track. Don't waste your life. You'll never be happy once you've known Him. There may be also some who are discouraged today. You can't quite get over that next hurdle. Hey, there's been times this has been a little loose in my hand, not because I wanted it to be. I was hurting. And I'm here to encourage you. If you're on the track, I'm not here to de-Christianize or anything. God only knows how conscientious I was. But if you're discouraged, if your step is slow, if there's been gaps in your devotions, if there's gaps in your prayer life, if there's gaps of really pitching in and helping your local church, why don't you take up the baton today? Why don't you say, Lord, give me a fresh breath. Give me a fresh new vision. I'm going to take the baton. I want us to stand. What about it? I told God, I said, God, I can't give them that urge. I can't give them that. You've got to do it. I'll just... You know what? Why, why don't just those who God has talked to, why don't you just come and fill this choir pit today? Come on, come on, come on. Don't, don't, don't just delay. Because I know God's talking to you. This doesn't de-Christianize anybody. But there's some people here. Hey, come on! Come on! This is the same race. We're serving the same God. We're running the same track. It's time to grab hold of the baton and start running toward the kingdom of God. 
Oh, God, help us today. God, help us today. I think lives are going to be changed, Matt, today. I, you don't have to come to the altar to get it settled. I realize that. About four weeks, maybe five, six weeks ago, preaching on a Sunday morning, some lady got saved in her seat. Because I knew she was close. So I greeted her at the front door. I said, ma'am, all you got to do is open your heart to God and He'll come in. She said, I did. She's changed. Come in the ladies' Bible study. Tell my mom something's changed in her heart. So friends, right where you're at today, make a fresh commitment. I'm going to take the baton. I'm going to be one of those that is on the track. Man. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the Ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. For more sermons or for more information, subscribe to this monthly podcast or visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, 18931 Route 522 Beaver Springs, Pennsylvania, 17812.